The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The nursing industry is one of the fastest-growing career forces in the world today. There are so many issues in the healthcare field these days relating to nurses that simply are not discussed in the media. Welcome to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with Leanne Meyer. Our program will help you with the most relevant information if you're in the nursing field or are planning to enter the industry. Now, here is your host, Leanne Meyer. Hello, this is Leanne Meyer, and this is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. I'm very excited today because we have three people with me today who are extraordinary. I just wanted to first, though, thank everyone who has been calling in and giving um, giving me comments and encouragement. Um, we are now, uh, every week, it seems like the leader, listen, listenership is going up um, continually. I'm very pleased with that. And also that we're adding countries. So we now have, I think it's seven or eight countries that are listening, and that's very exciting. So please continue to tell your friends, send this out to any other nurses you think might like to know about it, and especially do call in, and um, we would love to be able to hear from you. For this particular show, uh, if you could call in in the second segment, that would be best, second and third. Um, so we're going to talk just a little bit here. This. Um, uh, program is called Finding Mission After 65, but um, I have kind of two segments to it. The first part, we're going to talk to a couple of people that have been working with Pathways in Minneapolis, very unique organization, and they're going to tell us a little bit more about it. So um, let's see. So because, I guess kind of in background, in the background of this theme in general. Uh, so few people do realize the breadth and depth of the field of nursing. They seem to tend to think of it just as hospital or doctor handmaiden or uh, kind of being in a clinic and a traffic control. So I have these three incredible people who are going to talk with us. The first two um, are from Pathways. The second and third segment, I'm going to add another person, uh, Nancy uh, my brain just went in Sawyer. <laughs> and uh, so we'll go into more specifics from a nursing point of view. So first of all, uh, I have Tim Thorpe. Could you Hi, Leanne. Hi, how are you? I am great. Glad well, to thank you. you. Thank you for having us. And thank you, everybody out there, for listening to us today. Um, I hope by the end of the show that, if nothing else, that we, you will remember the name Pathways and can use us as a great resource for either yourselves or the people that you serve. Uh, and I also have Mary Johnson is here with me. Hello everyone, this is Mary Johnson and I have been a nurse for 57 years. I have done a variety of things. Most of my background is in oncology, but then I taught nursing at St. Olaf College for several, for many years. 
and I am a healing touch practitioner and also certified in holistic nursing. Tim, tell us more about your background. Okay, thank you. Um, So, uh, true confession, I come out of the corporate world after about 25 years or more of uh, really helping organizations with their strategic business planning, which really was uh, meant getting into kind of the depths of the organization, determine what was working for them and what wasn't. And for many of those years, was also for for life balance purposes involved philanthropically in the community on a volunteer basis and uh, was lucky enough to be contacted by a search committee here at Pathways when they were looking for a new executive director. Great. So talk about Pathways and both of you if you can share your experiences. How did you get involved? Well you've already kind of talked a little bit about getting involved with Pathways. when you came here, what were you expecting and what did you find and how has it changed? Well, what I was expecting was um, quite different really from what I found. I, my background was not in healthcare, much less holistic healthcare. So I think I was expecting quite frankly to pick up the reins and run an organization and quickly found out that it was about the people who were coming here, what they were experiencing and then from there trying to determine really what was best for them uh, sort of an ongoing basis. Um, Just a a brief background on Pathways, we serve people that are in physical life-threatening or physical chronic pain uh, and they come here to select, uh, self-select from a variety of 50 to 60 different modalities or services or programs um, with the expectation that they will ultimately land on whatever will resonate with them physically, emotionally, um, and so on, and then take it from there. Sort of a, uh, they've got one hand on the steering wheel, if you will, of kind of their own self-healing. That has to be uh, empowering to them also to finally be able to take charge of something. Yes, it's very empowering, and I think it's important to note that all the services, because we are a nonprofit, all the services here are offered at no cost. So we have a fairly low income participant base, but it's it tears up from there. So uh, whether you're low income or not, we're accessible for everyone. Okay. And Mary, how did you find Pathways and um, what has changed in the time you've been here? Well, I took kind of a circuitous route, I would say, to this whole idea of uh, healing touch. Um, I graduated from the nursing program at St. Olaf, and then I joined the Army. Uh, My dad was an Army officer, and I kind of had to carry on the family tradition. And uh, I was in a receiving hospital for the injured from Laos and lots of burn patients. So I began to do foot massages and really became interested in this, the impact of of caring touch. Um, So that was for several years, and then I got married, moved back to Minnesota, lived on a hobby farm, had horses, dogs, cats, and gardens, and all that, and I found out I was still eligible for the GI Bill, so I went back to get my master's degree at the University of Minnesota. And it was right at the time when Dolores Krieger, a nurse, researcher out from New York University, I believe it was, did her seminal study on the use of therapeutic touch and found that the hemoglobin level of people treated with therapeutic touch raised significantly. 
And this objective parameter really got me very excited and I learned how to do therapeutic touch and then it expanded into healing touch. And I began teaching my nursing students, the ones that were interested in it, uh, to do this kind of work. And then I went on for my doctorate and studied this holistic paradigm in healthcare that was beginning to bring in complementary therapies and different kinds of educational programs that help people participate in their own healing process. So I was very passionate about that and um, was on sabbatical at St. Olaf and wanted to do a study on the benefits of holistic therapies or complementary therapies from the perspective of the participant and found pathways and this was absolutely the perfect place to do kind of an evaluative research project about what this means to the people who use them. Okay. So that's what brought me here yeah. in 1994. <laughs> and I've been here ever 23 since. 23 years. That's, that's right. Must have been something here that really oh, helped you. Oh, I'm telling you there is. So tell me about that. There is a spirit here and a connection here and a loving uh, environment here that, that's hard to even describe. And it is one of the only places in the country where these kinds of programs and therapies can be utilized free of charge. Wow, that seems unusual yeah. that in 30 years that this program has been around that other people haven't latched onto it. Is there a reason, Tim? Do you know? Well, I can speak to, uh, specifically using Mary as an example. Mary is one of almost 150 providers who come here as volunteers. Um, the 50 to 60 programs I mentioned earlier sort of cross the spectrum of creative expression, whether it be arts or music, uh, body work, which includes energy work, healing touch, massage. We do some grief work here, whether, and all of the, the, the modalities are fall under the one-to-one -one or group work. So people, again, self-select. But it, none of this starts, um, I mean, our focus is the participants, certainly, but it doesn't start without the high skills, the high quality, but also sort of the intuitive caring of the providers that come here to donate the time. Uh, many are coming from their daily practices. Many are in a situation, maybe they're transitioning out of practice and still volunteering here. Um, but whatever walk of life they come from, they're bringing licensure, certification, and experience and passing that on to our participants. But it still seems like something that other people would be able to pick up. Is that something that you're looking at, is spreading this further? Yeah, we, it's a great question. We, we, we really try to focus internally just to maintain as a nonprofit, you got to make sure the, the fire and, is lit and the coals are burning. Um, but I think uh, Mary alluded earlier to uh, research and, and about in, uh, towards the end of 2011, we worked with the University of Arizona uh, on a study that they did with our participants using uh, a self-assessment of change model. Um, and what that, uh, in a long story short, what that really helped to do for us was it sort of gave visual and gave some life to what we had seen anecdotally daily here. Uh, sort of that transformational process of people moving, whether it was they were feeling isolated, now they're feeling connected. They were feeling defined by their illness, now they're feeling no longer defined. They were feeling overwhelmed, 
and to your earlier use, uh, they're now they feel empowered to sort of help navigate their own or part of their own healing journey. <laughs> and I think when that research came out from a, a credible, really well-known uh, research institute, I started sharing that with a lot of our partners out in the community. That helped to build our capacity here of people served. I think last year we served just under 10,000 or scheduled just under 10,000 visits. But it also, the phone started ringing for people saying, well, this is great. Could you, we can't get our members or participants maybe to come to you. Could you come to us? And that sort of opened up a little bit of a door for us. And really for the last four years, we've been experimenting, exploring, and then developing uh, really purposeful connections with different organizations, whether it be in the senior community, the veteran community, the cancer community, and so on. Wow, that is really impressive. And I get excited when I hear stuff like this because I think about what are the possibilities, what could be done with this. So what's changed over the time you've been here in 23 years? I have to say that there has not been a whole lot of change because Pathways is very clear about their mission and their purpose and the people who are on the board and the people who are here are here because they really passionately believe in that mission. Um, I'd like to say that for nurses, this is so much a part of what nursing is all about teaching people how to care for themselves, and this goes beyond just caring for themselves. This means really getting into your healing journey and uh, working in that domain. And so many of the people that work here are nurses or that uh, volunteer here are nurses. Um, Nurses can learn all kinds of different skills now in workshops and programs throughout the country that gives them credibility, yep, and gives them certification. So I would think a retired nurse would just find this place absolutely perfect. Exactly. (laughs) And even if you were somebody who had some disabilities, there would still be things that you could do here that uh, would give you a sense of purpose and helping that you may not be involved uh, hands-on or physically with patients. It even is better if you have a little disability Mm -hmm. or we have found with some of our research projects that uh, the people that volunteer here have been through a health crisis. They know what it's like. And so it has developed a community of like-minded folks who um, gain lots of strength from one another. So when they say, I know how you feel, they really, they really do. Yes, yeah. yes, indeed. Yeah. Well, that's great. Tim, what, what else? Yeah, I, I, just on the heels of what Mary says, I think the important distinction is that they've all been through their own journey, um, but they're quite skilled in not, if they bring that into a session as an instructor or provider, if that session does not become about the provider's journey, they really know how to wonderfully take the, the journey they've been on and sort of use that to draw out the stories of the people in, in attendance. And I think that's a distinction. Um, I also want to um, sort of on the heels of, of what Mary said about everything, things here have not changed, which I would agree with. I think Four, what, minutes. Four minutes, so go ahead. And I think what has changed is the, the general acceptance. I think 30 years ago when we started, 
by the way, we're turning 30 next year, which is sort of a milestone. Um, I think many of the services that we looked at um, were, were not well known. And I think now if you step into a hospital or medical clinic, you'll see many of the services. Um, so I think that has, that has helped build capacity too. Uh, one of those services I want to mention, we have a program called Renewing Life. Uh, it was born out of the University of Madison uh, about 25 years ago by a woman, a psychiatrist, social worker who was going through her own cancer journey. She was looking for a way to help her patients navigate their way through cancer as well. Uh, and it, it's a curriculum supported program uh, that helps people sort of shift their perspective from living only with whatever their cancer, their illness, their situation in life is, to really what they have in life. We offer that uh, to three concurrent groups ongoing here at Pathways. And I'd like to share with the nursing audience that we have a grant that will bring this program out to the community. And if you, as a, a group of nurses, or you serve people in the community would like to let me know of groups that might be interested in taking this program, please feel free to send me an email at tim at pathwaysmpls.org. Tell me who you are and what group you might be interested in having this program offered to. Great. That would be a wonderful opportunity. So it could be uh, nurses with each other, but it also might be nurses and patients or uh, nurses in community. Absolutely. Uh, could be any number of different things. And then you would look at who is applying and decide who would get those. Is Correct. it two programs? Two, two grants, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's fantastic. So we are going to take a break here. Um, I want to again thank you for listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. And again, I'm thrilled to have Tim Thorpe, uh, uh, Mary Johnson, and Nancy Sawyer with us. So we'll be back in just a few minutes, and thank you for listening. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Now there's a new destination for video content, voiceamerica.tv. Just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, voiceamerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. 
Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. Listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. To reach the program today, please call 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Uh, hello, this is Leanne again, and uh, this is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing, and I'm really excited. I have Our theme today is Finding Mission After 65 for Nurses, and um, actually, I really believe that mission comes all through our, our life and through our career, and especially in nursing. I wanted to just thank, uh, again, Tim Thorpe, who is here as the Executive Director of Pathways, and talking about um, what that Pathways program is all about. If you missed that, I encourage you to listen to the podcast. Um, uh, Very, very interesting uh, situation. So in these next two segments, I have um, Mary Johnson, who was in the first segment, is going to stay with me. And we've added uh, Nancy Sawyer to our group. So Nancy, could you say hello and tell a little bit about yourself? Um, Hi, uh, everybody, and thank you so much for listening. This is such an extremely wonderful opportunity, and thank you, Leanne, for inviting me. Um, A quick bio, I've been in the nursing field since 1970. I actually spent some time earlier at the University of Minnesota uh, with hopes of becoming a veterinarian. And after they basically laughed me out of counseling, I I, uh, worked for some, I left uh, school, worked for some pediatric surgeons who, uh, and they are really the reasons I ended up being in nursing. They, you know, they really said you should be, I was doing secretarial work for them. And um, they were really, and you, when you look back at how you ended up where you are, it's all in the, it's all in the direction. So I, uh, again, ended up in obstetrics, um, not because I wanted it, but because I went to school on grants and um, scholarships and they put you at the hospital where they needed you. And I thought, well, I'll get through this and move on. But I found it to be a great opportunity and, um, and was drawn to labor and delivery because of the support and the, uh, the um, incredible um, uh, well, piece of being with a family during birth. And, uh, and, and certainly um, birth then was, was um, there was very little pain medication. Um, so there was a lot of teaching and, and transition into how really to labor a patient in a caring, alert way and have a nice outcome. Mm-hmm. Um, along with that, I had a, uh, my husband was working full-time and in school full-time, so I uh, was uh, pretty much responsible for raising our son a good part of the time. So I, I took some on-call positions where I could, um, I didn't, didn't do Monday through Friday, and, and as many of you know, in nursing, there's not a Monday through Friday position, mostly anyway. So I dabbled in um, rehabilitation nursing, 
I did triage nursing. Um, I did home visits on uh, patients with uh, complications of pregnancy. Um, pretty much anything that came along, as long as I could be home when my son got home, was what worked for me. And I found that nursing was really um, uh, what started out to be kind of a, I can do this gig, you know, it's better than nothing, uh, turned out to be amazingly challenging, um, uh, exciting. Um, in, uh, in, in terms of the opportunities are endless, and even more so today, um, what we can do, there's nothing for those of you wondering what you want to do, there's nothing you can't do in nursing. Yeah, so I, I do want to go into that uh, topic a little bit more because, like I have said in the past, I think people really don't have any idea what nurses do, um, and and the it's so um, really can use every aspect of your personality, your creativity, your mind, your problem-solving skills, um, just so many different ways that a normal job often will not use to that extent. And not only that, but you are operating at almost like a crisis level where people are in um, the crisis point of their life, whether it's delivering a baby or helping someone older die Mm -hmm. and helping the family get through that, all the way along that scheme, there are just such incredible peak experiences that nurses get to be able to contribute to. So I'd like to talk a little bit about mission. How? What, what does it mean when I say mission, finding mission? What does that mean? Mary, what does that mean to you? Well, I guess to me it means uh, following your heart and doing the things that, that you really believe very deeply in. And I can remember when I first started uh, doing Healing Touch here at Pathways, I loved every minute of it until I would have to drive up from St. Olaf about 3 o'clock in the afternoon and it'd be a blizzard and I have to lug all of my equipment into, and I always had an egg crate mattress which is supposed to be very comfortable, into Pathways and I'd wonder to myself, why am I adding this on to an already very busy day and life? And yet once I walked into the door and met the people that were there, um, it just transforms you into another space, another way of being, another place. And to be able to um, do this work, I even read that some researcher did some research on what what uh, what it does for the immune system. And you find out that if you do something on a regular basis that's caring, on a one-to-one basis, on different kinds of folks all the time, and let go of the outcomes, your immune system gets even more powerful. And that's sort of a side effect to uh, this work, but it feeds it feeds your soul. I can really relate to that. I remember when um, this type of therapy first started coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been around for thousands of years, but it's True. just, you know, in the last 30 years or so that people have been more aware of it and actually, you know, actively taking part in it. And I think even if initially it was called alternative medicine. So, um uh, the medical model, of course, was the best way of doing things. And then there was this funny little alternative medicine. Uh, and what ended up happening, you men- mentioned a research study that was done. For me and a lot of people like me, uh, I 
grew up in that medical model. So to me, that was the best way of doing things. Uh, and so when I started to go through injuries and all kinds of problems where doctors were of no help to me at all, and people started saying, well, have you tried this? Have you tried reflexology? Have you tried therapeutic touch? Have you, um, you know, had uh, massage? Have you, you know, and they named off all these different things. No, 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 I had not had any of those things. And I thought of it as um, ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And this is exactly where many of the people who come to Pathways are. When they walk in the door, they're not sure what they're doing, but somebody recommended this place, so they came. And uh, from the research that we have done uh, with participants, we have found that from their perspective, the reason for us being here is to help them explore what might be available and what really speaks to them and then connect with some others that are maybe going through a similar kind of situation and have found helpfulness from a particular complementary therapy or program, and then to kind of reflect on it and then to choose, what can I do to help myself heal? So you represent exactly what folks who come to Pathways are going through. Uh, Nancy, tell me about mission and also if you want to add to this conversation about complementary medicine. Um, Before we started this, I said to Leanne, what exactly do you mean by finding mission? And um, life has been so extremely interesting for me because I didn't really have a mission. Um, Go to work, do a nice job, and go home and, and play or whatever we do when we're not working. But what I found is, and particularly as I got older, that I learned to live my life expecting that I would see where my mission was to be. And can I show the story about the sure. mentoring? Um, I um, tried to get along with the staff you know, at the, at the hospital I worked in, and, and um, I developed relationships with peers. And I found myself, in terms of mission, uh, wanting to create the culture that I was comfortable in, which is not unlike the culture here at Pathways. Caring, loving, supportive, uh, inclusive, um, with common goals. And um, those of you listening uh, know exactly what I'm talking about, where, you know, I, I like my work, I don't like the people, I don't like the managers, or whatever that don't like is. And um, I'm going to tell a brief story here about a woman who um, uh, has come to obstetrics um, uh, from med surge or a different specialty, totally different specialty than, than obstetrics. She wanted to be with mothers and babies. She loved that, that family type of experience. And uh, I found when I, I worked labor and delivery quite a bit at the time, and when I would take patients to postpartum from labor, uh, she was so welcoming and so, well, she was always a little funny. Um, she wore these goofy earrings, which were, <laughs> and she said, it shared with me later on that she did it because they were, they were she, she always got a positive uh, response by her earrings. And I looked forward to seeing her and then um, hadn't seen her for a while, a couple months on the, on the units, and I asked somebody where she was and found out she had quit. And I was amazed because, and, and so disappointed because she was such a good part of the atmosphere that some of us were trying to create. So I tracked her down and called her at home, and she said, I, she said, I've never been in a situation like I was, that I experienced after my orientation. People did not check in with me. People did not support me. 
overall, unless you're young and blonde and cute, you kind of got left by the wayside. And I, I just thought of all people who would add something to our unit of uh, um, our family unit of, of nurses. Why on earth didn't we see you know the money that goes out the door when we don't support our young ones or our old ones? It's phenomenal. So I um, attempted to, um, well, I just kind of went through what, all right, what you, we, in life we have, we have, there are two possibilities, two choices, we can do nothing or we can do something. And so what I came up with was um, a mentor program, not necessarily for people who um, are right out of school, that's like a blank slate in a lot of ways, but people who are coming from a, a position where they've been the, the, the one who took the go-to person, where they've been responsible, where they knew exactly what they were doing into an entirely new environment. And so how, um, how can we um, support these people who are coming from a different uh, area? So we developed a mentor program and it was the first one in the system for, which wasn't just for, for new grads, but uh, to make sure that people had uh, somebody who checked in with them, who walked the walk with them, who was available. And uh, it's still in place, as far as I know, and it's just an, an amazing, an amazing um, um, opportunity. Mary, it looks like you have something to add. <laughs> Do I ever find this just resonating with me? Uh, after teaching nursing for 26 years at St. Olaf, I met so many nurses, and it has been said that nurses eat their young. I don't think it's just nurses. I think older you know, people who have lots of experience tend to kind of look down on those who are just starting. But in nursing, it takes great courage to be a nurse. I think it takes great courage to be a nursing student because you are just impacted by so many, so many variables that you've never even been, you've never experienced before. I think it's a real, it's a definitely a different program than any other kind of college education program is. So to have somebody that was really interested in mentoring you rather than making sure you did everything right and in the right time and the right framework and all of this mm -hmm. kind of thing would be so, so necessary for new graduates. Yeah. One of the things when you talk about the nurses eating their young, uh, it's one of those concepts that I could not fathom why nurses felt you know, that they had to be tough on new nurses coming in. And uh, when I would ask them, they would say, well, this is the way I was treated when I was a new nurse, and I am certainly going to treat somebody else the same way. Um, I will treat them as an equal when they prove that they can be an equal, which means you're going to lose way more than you're going to actually, you know, they're going to beat their way through. Uh, so it's really a tragedy. Uh, I think it's something that's been really talked about a lot and uh, coming from the fact that nurses are trained to be caring, empathetic. Mm -hmm. um, you know, one of the reasons we're in this field is because we want to help people and then to treat people coming in behind us that way is just crazy. But the funny thing about it is um, as I started doing some research on this topic and I was teaching some classes about it, I discovered this is not a Minnesota thing. This is not a United States thing. This is a universal thing that seems to be happening, particularly in uh, medical fields, that nurses, not just nurses, but also other medical training uh, areas will eat their young. 
And that just totally blew my mind that different cultures, different places in the world would all be, you know, acting this way. So there's something in the mindset of, of um, medical model as we have looked at it that I think lends to that hierarchical aspect. And as soon as you start having people you're bowing down to and people you're stepping on, you lose in the process that trust that has to be there between cohorts in order to be able to trans that, transfer that also to patients. So tell me more about. Well, in terms of what you just described, um, what you described is exactly what bothered me about nursing. And um, again, we can choose to go with it and, and, um, um, and fit in somehow and leave just you know leave to go home because we we can't tolerate it or we can think about how to integrate and one of the opportunities i had uh, in the latter part of my nursing was as patient satisfaction champion i have always been uh, and more so recently so so um, passionate about the way we treat each other whether it's um, in passing on the street uh, whether it's a co-worker uh, if you want to know something about somebody in management, watch how they treat everybody else. And it's very telling in terms of who they really are. Um, one of the things I found, too, in doing patient satisfaction was that um, patients loved knowing that we were a team. And that concept of teamwork is something that I will, that drum I will beat until the day I die. It's, it's uh, so important. Um, that, that the housekeeper is just as necessary in terms of her job and the physician's job, of uh, lab's job. We all are part of that patient's environment and we better, we better watch what we're doing and treat each other with respect and with um, caring. This is really a favorite subject of mine, <laughs> and it definitely is going to be one of the uh, programs that I'll have in the future. I just keep remembering somebody telling me that the very best surgeon is only as good as that person who cleaned his instruments, and I really resonated with that because I used to clean instruments, um, and so it, it really helped me to understand that as I was welcoming other people into healthcare, to make sure that no matter how they were entering, that they knew in this particular career path or industry, um, they were always welcome and they were always important with what they did. So we're gonna take a break here and I am just thrilled at this conversation. I wish we had two or three hours to go. Maybe the, the people out there are glad we're only having an hour, but um, I do hope to hear from you. And again, if you're able to call in on the next segment, that would be great at 866-472-5792. Uh, love to know what your uh, uh, input is and thoughts about uh, mission, how you find, found your mission, etc. So we are going to uh, go to, this, this session is called Finding Mission After 65 for Nurses. And um, we are going to go to break and come back in three minutes and talk some more. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health & Wellness. 
The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to LeanneVoiceAmerica at gmail.com. Now, back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Welcome back. We are talking today about nurses finding mission after 65, um, but it's even broader than that. Um, one of the things we wanted to talk a little bit more about is the wide variety of things that, that people can do Um, What we were just talking about was that concept of nurses eating their young. And one of the things I realized is that my understanding of personality, the people who are attracted into healthcare fields uh, tend to have a very strong sensing perspective and feeling. So in addition to being able to be caring and empathetic, they also have a need for order having everything, the policies and the procedures in place and all of that kind of thing. But what we find is that from a patient's perspective, what they want to feel is community, connection uh, with the people who are taking care of them. They don't want to be in a bed and hear people yelling at each other out in the hallway or uh, waiting for their surgery in in pre-op and hearing nurses and doctors or surgeons yelling at somebody for not doing something right. So all of that is... um, It isn't like a corporation where maybe you can logically and rationally um, look at what works uh, to sell whatever it is you're trying to sell. We have to have a sense, uh, an underlying sense of peace and giving that patients pick up on. And it is through that that they begin to trust us. So maybe we could talk a little bit about how You've experienced that. You talked about the mentoring, Nancy, and you've been talking 
Mary, from the standpoint of pathways, how that is the kind of That's what right. I call relationship, relational management. Exactly, exactly. And I guess when I'm when I'm thinking about um, nurses who are retired, um, th- and having them think about where they might volunteer or use those skills that they have honed wherever they have worked. You know, there's something very basic about how nurses approach life, I think. And uh, Pathways creates this kind of welcoming environment. It's very non-hierarchical, and it is such a gracious, respectful place to be. And it... And Tim here personifies that kind of gracious, respectful, appreciative Tim is just itching to tell us something. Yeah, I I just want to have been listening to these two great, three great nurses about uh, just sort of mindset. And I think for us, how we try to set this up is, so when we bring on a provider, even though they're volunteers, we do the standard background checks and the skill checks. But the first part of the interview, we call it an intuitive interview. Uh, because we want to make sure that the provider, when that door closes between provider and participant, that there's no worry about the connection that's going to be formed. Um, I want to allude to something you said earlier about the education um, and the, the younger nurses, if you will. I know the last few years the term narrative medicine has come into play, <clears throat> where students are basically taught how to listen and then recite back the story of the patient. That may start in somewhat of a didactic school book textbook form, but my, my hope is that culturally it just starts to become part of the way they act. I think I've got two sisters who are sister-in-laws who are nurses who say, look, when it comes to the patient care, talk to us first, uh, let the doctors do their work. But I think uh, one thing that I, I know resonates, whether it's here or out in the community, is is the notion of when a patient is sitting in an examination room and the first thing they hear is, what's wrong with you? Um, that to me, I'm hoping is shifting uh, into how we try to operate here is, what can we do for you? Mm-hmm. Uh, what is? What are you feeling? And even if it's ending with, once they're done with sort of their, I wouldn't call it a diagnosis, but maybe a suggestion is, what can we do for you? What else can we do for you? So. I agree with that, um, everything that Tim said, and, and Mary, um, I, I like to call it antenna. Um, I, if you pay attention to what people are saying, uh, you'll get one bit of information. If you watch their body language, uh, watch their eyes, but really feel where they're, um, where they're really, where they are at the time, you'll get a different picture. So that gives you the opportunity to say, tell me more, or how are you really feeling? But I like to, when I introduce myself to patients, I will, you know, upon admission, oftentimes say to them, is there something you can tell me about you that will help me take better care of you? And our, our common goal here is that you feel respected, you feel safe, informed, and cared for. If any of that is missing, we want to know about it. So we have to invite these things from people. Some are very outcoming with, like, I'm terrified of needles. Uh, others you won't find out until you go to um, start an IV on them. So, Well, and just knowing that is going to be more likely that they will be willing to share with you as opposed to not wanting to show that they are afraid about something or that they're not trusting the situation and that sort of thing. Um, 
going back, to, we, we talked a little bit about, you know, the nurses eating their young. Having been the young who was eaten um, gives you a different perspective if you think about it and don't forget that as being part of your experience. What I found is that I had such a curiosity always when I would come into an, a group, a department or um, you know, an organization or whatever it was, I was always looking for how can I make this better? What can I as a personal person? It wasn't even something that I necessarily um, thought, oh, I am so great, I can, you know, make this better. It was just I was curious. And as I was curious, I always had lots of ideas. I think that nurses in general tend to be problem solvers. We see what there is to be done and we figure out how can we do it or how can we help other people do it too. So let's talk a little bit about how do you find mission through curiosity, through looking for something nobody else has seen. Well, I think one of the things in nursing that I've always appreciated is its, uh, its perspective on, on systems theory. Because when I was in training and probably in the SC2, we were we took care of everything for the patient. This was total patient, you too, Leanne, total patient care. And we found out that this was not helpful because then people do not begin to participate very well. And we found it made a, a lot of cardiac cripples out of folks who just the never got out of syndrome. bed. Yeah, all of that. So being able to look at things from a systems point of view helps you collect the kind of data that Nancy was talking about. Nurses are very good at assessment and there's different kinds of assessments. And then to find an area that you can actually do something about, that you can make a difference in this particular domain mm -hmm. that then might change that whole system, that whole patient system, family system, whatever it is that you're out there. That's one of the things I found is that if I was surrounded by people who were not supportive of what I was trying to do, I could look for those people who were. Exactly. So rather than being angry or frustrated because somebody was holding me back, I looked at what else, who else, mm -hmm. how do we do this? Nancy, you're... A uh, nodding your head. I would. Well, I'd like to go into um, talking about me, actually, okay. in that same vein, where um, something that you've done uh, has has leads you to what your mission might be, which is um, I'd like to talk about where my mission has led me, which is to the Garden of the Sleeping Angels, because I uh, worked in a high risk setting in high risk OB. I unfortunately uh, took care of babies who died. Uh, and I found that I actually had a gift. Um, yes, it was certainly sad, but I had a gift for really being with that family and um, helping them walk the, the, the walk of grief, but, but meeting them where they were. And, and yet, I was, at the end of the day, I was left with my own feelings about what, you know, I couldn't really say this isn't fair. You know, other people have these perfectly normal pregnancies and here you are, you should be, you know, whatever. Uh, so uh, one particular time, I went I went home uh, very angry with God at the unfairness uh, that I had witnessed with this patient all all day, um, and I um, through that and I won't go. There's a lot of wonderful story around that, but maybe for another time. Uh, I'm a gardener, as is Mary, uh, and I we have a lot in common. It's pretty funny as nurses, but um, I started. Um, 
uh, planting a rose for the babies I took care of. And that was my way of healing myself until I had a rose garden full of 40 roses. And um, at one point when I, I had um, left bedside nursing, not because I didn't like it, but because I, could, I, felt, I felt a shift in, in what I could contribute. And I got a message, and I, you know, for, I know for me personally where it came from that this garden, and we now have 13 gardens on our property. Uh, and that, um, and this all started with my husband being the neat neck and not liking all the clutter around the pine trees. We had clumps of pine trees, so he cleared them all out, and I'd throw a hosta in. <laughs> and pretty soon we had 14 gardens with hostas and, you know, some perennials and annuals. And I felt like this, this isn't, it's, I, it's selfish for me to keep this to myself. So we opened um, the gardens to people who had lost babies so they could grieve and reflect and heal. It's called the Garden of the Sleeping Angels. And with that, I partnered with another woman. Nina Gurton is her name, and she had several losses. And what she did to heal is make ceramic angels. So we now have on our property, uh, I think, close to 75 ceramic angels that the families place where they want. Um, it, where it started to be, this is where we want things. We have given up you know, controlling what people do. We're the caretakers, and the families are, it's their gardens. So, so Nancy, is this open to the public? It's open to the public. And uh-huh. where is it located? It's uh, at 3405 County Road 6 in Long Lake. So Minnesota. West, Minnesota, west of the cities. Okay. That's fantastic and great mm. for people to know. Mm. Um, as we are getting toward the end of our program, I'd like each person, if you could talk about, there's one message you could get out to nurses. What is it? What do you want either people considering nursing, people who are in nursing who are feeling burnt out, people who are leaving nursing because of retirement or because of other things going on in their environment, and people returning to nursing after a period away. Is there any one thing you really want nurses to know? Well, I think there is a development of a tribe of nurses, and we sort of call them holistic nurses, but I think nursing is holistic. So I think it's uh, a little bit of a misnomer, but I think you need to have a, a groundswell of some of these folks who really believe in the principles of respect and appreciation and love and caring and all of these things that we've discovered here. And if you start talking about these kinds of things, you're going to find all kinds of nurses sitting in the woodwork or in the closet who also believe in complementary kinds of caring modalities. I think I've probably shared uh, what what nursing has been to me, but I I think the message that I really want to um, emphasize is that there's nothing you can't do in nursing. There are so many people who... uh, can use uh, what you have to give. And whether your gift is sitting quietly and listening or teaching somebody to, uh, to write cursive, um, what you can, what you can um, offer is you. That's and great. you are the only one who can who has that. That to offer. is great. This has been such an interesting discussion. Tim, did you want to? Yeah, add I would just say, um, and I'm, I'm speaking now as an administrator, but also a patient. Um, that for all you nurses out there who take care of people all day long, uh, to take care of yourselves. Um, don't forget about self-care. And uh, again, for those of you that might be interested in learning more about how we might be able to help you with your own self-care, 
to contact me at tim at pathwaysmpls.org. Uh, and that's going to bring us to the end of our show. This has been uh, Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing. And I've been here with Tim Thorpe, Nancy Sawyer, and Mary Johnson. Uh, it's been a great experience. Uh, next week, we will I will be talking with uh, three nurses again. This time, they will be educators from various different colleges, uh, uh, Kate Anderson, Lynn Johnson and Faye Upman. And I'm really looking forward to that. I hope you can join us also. Once a nurse, always a nurse, uh, exploring the world of nursing. Uh, We thank you for listening. Thank you for being there as a wonderful audience. And please, please do share this uh, wonderful opportunity to share what you know, what you've experienced, and help maybe people who have not been around the world of nursing to know Um, One of the things I hear, especially from young women, they have so many choices now. It's almost difficult for them now to know what to choose. And um, I find that if you're a person who does care deeply about people, who wants to be in a job that is not harming other people but is really helping, this would be a nursing profession to go into. So we hope to see you next time. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with your host, Leanne Meyer. Be sure to join us again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a productive and insightful week.